This morning, I am speaking on the resurrection and living after death. <laughs> living after death sounds familiar. That's the title of my book. <laughs> but it's, it, the title of the book that I wrote is about living after death, living after the death of a loved one, and how you go on in a grieving process. Well, this is living after death. After you've died, you're still going to live. You're still going to be alive. I often use the expression, I want to wake up dead. You know, because <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to die. We're just going to transition from here to there, and it's not even Easter. <laughs> yeah, some people, well, it's, it's not Easter, preacher. Did you this left over from Easter? No, this isn't left over. I wrote it again, but anyhow, um, my approach is often whenever, whenever we think about living after death, living you know the life that we face, that. Um, Whenever we are thinking about life and all the difficulties, okay, some, sometimes when things really get out of hand, with, especially whenever we have individuals or I've ministered to individuals who have an illness that is probably going to take their life in a few months, and so and they're worried about what they're going to do, what's it going to be like. So I, let's go to the end of life. What happens when you die? Hmm? What happens when you die? You know, well, you know, people are afraid of it. You know, I always say if we died about three or four times, got used to it, wouldn't matter, you know. <laughs> but uh, what happens when we die is basically we see Jesus and we go home, you know, we go home to heaven. We don't really stop living. We just transition from this life to that life and this body stays behind and we pick up a new one on the way. So it, it's a good thing. But it's our relationship with God that sets all this in motion. That we have to trust God at the end of life, that our life is secure in the hands of God and nothing can separate us from the love of God. Our sins are forgiven. Um, I've had a couple of stories I know I've used, but it kind of fit here. The one lady, she was dying, and I said, well, you know, we have to confess our sins. Uh, you know, we have to have confession, and, and I held her hand, and I said, Re repeat after me, you know, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, and she did that, and then a long pause, then she goes, oh, Jesus, <laughs> forgive me of my sins. You know, she didn't open her eyes, she saw him. And then I've had other people that wander, were approaching death, and they say, you know, I feel a real darkness in my soul, can you help me? So, there, it, being able to take care of those things here and now. At the end of life, if we are safe in the arms of our Father, if we know that heaven is our home, that our sins are forgiven, you know, it isn't that we've read the creed or we've, you know, been baptized or signed our name on a dotted line somewhere. That doesn't get us into heaven. And we don't even get into heaven by rubbing shoulders with good people. <laughs> You have to get a little closer for that to happen, right? I know, there's COVID. We can't do that. <laughs> That's a joke. But anyhow, whenever we know that Christ is our Savior, that our sins are forgiven, we know that at the end of life, we're going to heaven. That's good. So let's back up to today. Let's back up to where we are now. If I am safe over here at the end of life, and we never know when that is. You know, we don't know when it is. 
You know, just accidents the other day. You know, people were killed in an accident. You know, it happened all the time. And so what happens when we die? Well, maybe it may be next week, it may be next year, maybe 30 years. You know, I might still be preaching here at 110. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll get me a chair. You know, <laughs> what's that? You hope so. <laughs> Give that lady a dollar, you know. <laughs> so, but we find out that we come back to where we are at. And from where we are at, knowing we're safe there, well, let's be safe here. I am safe in the arms of my Father. What is there that I need to be afraid of between here and there? Only that which would destroy the soul. Hmm. So we find that God does not guess about what our future is. He knows. And why things happen the way they do, you know, I used my favorite expression this week with someone. They were giving me an explanation about all the things that had happened. And they said, why, why, why? And I said, you know, when you try to make sense out of something that makes no sense, it is nonsense. <laughs> you just can't, there's some things you just can't figure out. Now, there's some things we can, but in reality, we don't understand it. So what do we have to do? We back up to where we are at, and we have to trust God Forgive us of our sins. Establish us who we are. I know I'm safe out there. Now, help me be where I'm at. Now, one of the things is this little word called reciprocal. And, I, 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 you know, if it were a true doctrine, we'd have a doctrine of reciprocity or something like that. Okay? But reciprocal means expressing mutual Action and relationship. Okay, I wrote these definitions down. I didn't make that up, right? Expressing mutual actions or relationship. If I confess my sin, he forgives me my sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He said, if I confess my sin, so he reaches his hand out, as it were. Um, I, I need, I, I need a, a volunteer. Jackson, thank you for being a volunteer. Come on down. You are the next contestant. And you know what? You're God at the moment. Don't, don't, don't let it go to your head. But at this moment, you're God, okay? So you're God, and you have, um, you have died on the cross for the sins of mankind. You reach your hand out. Just your right, just your right hand like you want to shake hands this way. All right, so here's God extending his hand of salvation to me. What do I do? I say I confess my sin and I receive the forgiveness. That's reciprocal. When I praise him, he is already touching my hand and he receives it. And my praise is, in one of the things we did in Sunday school, is beautiful to God. You're not beautiful, you're handsome. But anyhow, <laughs> thank you much. But you see how that works? It's reciprocal. You know, if you stick out your hand, what? It means, you know, you're, you're expecting it. And I know with COVID, we don't do that anymore. But when you extend, you receive. You give a hug, you get a hug, generally. <laughs> so the idea is it's reciprocal. And so whenever we are praising God, it's binding two parties equally. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
I got that one. <laughs> you see what I mean? So he is giving the promise, and I am receiving it, and then I am saying, thank you for it. I am offering my praise to him. Um, this, the third definition is given, given or felt in return. Reciprocal is given or felt in return. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. That's God sending it to us. It is given or felt in return. His peace is given to us because he is the prince of peace. See? So it's, all, it's, it's that magic word, reciprocal. So you're going to write that down and remember it because you're going to mess it all up later like I do. What was that word I was talking about? Reciprocal, you know? Reciprocal. So we do not serve God just to get to heaven. All right? We're going to, you know, some people want to, well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need forgiveness. I'm not dying. You know, that would happen in the hospital. I'd walk in and they'd say, I'd say, I'm the chaplain. They'd go, am I dying? <laughs> you know, what are you doing here? I just sent Ruth in and, you know, <laughs> she fed them. And I walk in, she says, am I dying? <laughs> Maybe after the food you ate, I don't know. Haven't been there for a while, so I'm not really picking at the hospital, so. But anyhow, you know, is it the food I ate? Am I dying, you know? Well, no, you're not dying. But what we are doing is checking out who you are. So in our life, then, there is this understanding that we are going to go to heaven. But we can't get there till the end of life, and we don't know when that is. But what we're doing is, Understanding the security that is ours when we die. Okay? Like the lady who's, oh, Jesus. You know, I've been with hundreds, and not, you know, whenever they are at that passing moment. And I've been with thousands who were preparing for that passing moment. But all, those who knew Christ, those who had an understanding of forgiveness and salvation, they had a peace about it. Now, there's a Sometimes it's very difficult to get to the end. You know, that's, that's a whole different process. But getting to the end, and when they get there, they're at peace. I'm going home. I know it's okay. So we're not just living to get to heaven. We are allowing heaven to become part of who we are now. We're allowing God to be part of who we are at this moment. His word, his truth, his forgiveness, his strength, his wisdom, his guidance... We are asking and allowing that to come to us. He has it, and he gives it to us. And what are we doing? We're reaching out to receive it. We're reaching out, opening our hearts, opening our lives to receive what God is doing in our life. So because of the relationship with Jesus Christ, the resurrection is something every Christian needs to remind themselves of and hold it close to their life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and he lives in me. Amen. Yeah. So the resurrection is a constant reminder that no matter what we face today, no matter what we've been through in the past, and no, no matter what uncertainties lie ahead, Christ alone is our steadfast hope. 
He is our hope. He's not, it's not a magic trick. It's not a magician. It doesn't mean we don't have difficulties, but he is our hope, and he's the only one who can bring things around. All things work together for good. He has a divine program that somehow pulls all of this together and takes us to where we need to be. I'll write that for you, and you can send in your money, and I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Nobody knows it. <laughs> doesn't matter how much you pay. Only God knows it. I don't know it. And you're the only one who can know it, and God is the one who reveals it to you. God is the one who gives you the assurance. You know, like Abraham leaving all of his family and his familiar uh, and going to a, I'll leave this place where you're at, and when you get where I want you to be, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, God, I'm, I'm, I'm right on that. <laughs> so we know that Jesus, he conquered death, he holds the power to make everything new. We are not only forgiven, we are cleansed. We are set free through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But we have a whole new life, a whole new destiny because of what Christ has done for us through the power of the resurrection. By the Holy Spirit, he, re he renews our mind. Renew it. I need that. <laughs> God, renew it. I need, to, I need to think better. I need to remember thoughts. And he, rem he reminds Rhonda, but he don't remind me. You know. <laughs> she, she knows what I'm supposed to do because God tells her. I won't look that way. <laughs> She'll throw an offering plate at me or something. Just joking. You know, hold those cards and letters. I'm just joking. <laughs> but you see, the Holy Spirit, he renews our mind. And it's, it's a, it's a, the mind renewal is not about necessarily earthly things, but it's about spiritual things. The spiritual life that we have in Christ. A spiritual life that continues to grow and to develop. Because we are, you know, whenever... Um, in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Christ, he said, what do I have to do to be saved? And Jesus says, well, you've got to be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can I do that? <laughs> I'm an old man. And Jesus said, it's born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Was born of the Spirit of Spirit. Was born of the flesh is flesh. And so we have this spiritual birth that's going on in our life, this spiritual understanding about growth and development and peace and being at peace in all things. And I think that this spiritual peace in the early, later on in the early church, whenever Nero was burning Rome and blamed the Christians, that the Christians became target practice in the arenas and they fed them to lions and, you know, they did all those terrible things to them. They had to have a divine peace going into the arena knowing they're going to die. And yet in the arena singing their psalms to God, and the people lost interest in watching them die because they died praising God. See, that's a spiritual peace. That's a, that's a spiritual reality that touches a physical reality. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. God creates us anew. New purpose, new destiny, new life. 
a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. In Christ, all things are made new, reciprocal. In him to me. Revelation 21.5, he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write for the work, for the words are, are faithful and true. <laughs> all things new. The second part, Christ alone has conquered death. You know, there are lots of religions and lots of cults and whatever and teachings going around, but Christ is the only one who rose from the dead. Without the cross, the resurrection, without the cross and the resurrection, Jesus would have been just another teacher. Without the cross and the resurrection, we would still be defeated by sin. We would live in spiritual darkness. We would be without hope in this life and in the next. And it saddens me to know that, that I know of a very good family, a very good people, and one of their family members died. And they reject the idea of God. They reject the idea of faith and religion. Like, I think their philosophy is basically God is in the earth. The earth is God. You know, it's like we studied in, on Wednesday nights. And we find out that when their loved one has died, what hope do they have? They have no hope. There is nothing more to their life and to their loved one other than the memories. But in our faith, it is our memories are a part of what is sacred to us, and we are going to see them again. So the resurrection is something that God has promised that because he lives, we shall live also. We receive communion. What does it say? That I will not do this. I will do this again only when I do it with you in heaven. So in him, in Christ, we have victory in this life and the next. Jesus did not stay dead. He didn't stay buried. The tomb with the stone and the Roman seal didn't keep him. Those who trust in him can count themselves dead to sin. You know, if you kick a dead horse, it's not going to get up. <laughs> Temptation to those who have died in sin, died to sin, is, is more difficult. You know, you can change the saddle on a dead horse, but it's still dead. <laughs> And in our life, we are alive in Christ, and those things, we flee from them. We have the, the strength of Christ to walk away from them. Jesus conquered what we could never defeat on our own. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter said, blessed, is, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy. Mercy is the power to forgive. The power to, funny, the power to punish, but forgiveness is in order. <laughs> he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. You know, whenever you start putting these texts together and you start looking at them, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
according to his great mercy, overlooking punishment, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. And we inherit this. That is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. The third part. Jesus paved the way so we could live free. Jesus paved the way. You see, we are free from the binding influence of sin and addiction. Free from the chains that bind us, chains that would drag us down and hold us back. I always remember that commercial that the guy, he's dragging, he's dragging his bank behind him or something, you know, these big chains, can't drag it anymore. You know, when, you, when people leave and go away and you pack bags, well, we have an emotional baggage that no matter where we go, we always take it with us. And if we don't deal with it, it'll still be there. It'll still be part of who we are because we can't lose it. The only way we can lose it is to deal with it. And dealing with it is allowing Christ to influence our hearts and lives so we can separate what is the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) So we need to look at this and allow the Spirit of God to teach us and impress upon us what is, what is it to walk in the Spirit to know who God is and that he loves me. We live free in Christ because of the resurrection. Did you notice that? The resurrection. The resurrection. The resurrection. You see, if he is not risen from the dead, then all of this is in vain. And Paul says, we're all, of all men, most miserable. But you see, he is risen from the dead. He has received us and given us his strength and his love. His life is our life. His blessing is our blessing. It is reciprocal. God blesses us and we receive it. We praise him and he receives it. It's important that we allow ourselves to thank God, even in the difficulties. Why? Because we believe that God can bring something good out of it. So thanking him is not waiting till it's all over and we've won, say thank you. It's before in the battle we're thanking him. We're free from sin, freedom from the feeling of hopelessness, despair, free from worry and anxiety. I was just wondering if anybody would say amen. Because <laughs> none, none of you worry, right? Yeah, we, don't, we don't worry. Oh, we watch the news. Why would we worry? <laughs> Now, that was a joke. <laughs> so, that's right. <laughs> so, it's, it's like we know, we know this. God is in control. Now, why things happen the way they do, don't know. But God is, you know. I always remember back in the, the 60s, that was before I was born, uh, <laughs> That's a joke, too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we used to say, 
Oh, God doesn't, you know, no, nobody, in, uh, Khrushchev in Moscow is not going to push the button to end the, wor- the world. God is going to take care of it in his timing. Not some person behind a desk in another country. And so same thing goes on today. God is the one who is in charge. He has a timetable, and he allows people to do, to go so far, to do so much, whatever, but God has the final say. John 8, 36. So if the Son set you free, you will be free indeed. Free. Free in your spirit. Son set you free. Jesus, I received that. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, there's a, there's a reciprocal. There is this, I confess, I believe, I ask for forgiveness, I believe with my heart and I know that you are alive and that in you I live forever. Number four. As believers, we have eternal life through Jesus, our Savior. Remember what I said? You go to the end of life. If I'm safe there, I'm safe here. (laughs) There's no I hope so. There's no I I don't know if I've done enough. Balance the books. (laughs) No. The resurrection provides power to live each day. Not only power to get into heaven, but there's power to live each day. And there's the presence of God that goes with me, goes before me, goes behind me, goes to the right of me, to the left of me, above me, below me. I am surrounded by the presence of God. I am enfolded in his love. As believers in Jesus Christ, we never need to fear death, hell, or the grave. We don't need to fear ugly people. Spiritually ugly people, because we're safe in the arms of our Father. Ephesians 1, 18. It says, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. You will know, okay, knowledge. You will know the hope. The hope is, and again, the hope in Scripture, remember, hope does not... I hope it doesn't rain. No. Hope is there is a certain point in time that this event will take place. We just haven't got there yet. The blessed hope of Christ's return. He is coming back, and it's a definite point in time. He knows where it is. God the Father knows, but we don't. But we know that it will happen, so that is the blessed hope. So in this, we know, we hope to, that to which he has called you, the hope to which he has called you, he has given you a purpose. What are the riches? The hope to which you are called has riches. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, in you, that he has promised you. What is the immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? See, that's how we can have prayer and hope in our life because of the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us. That's why, we tell, that's why we talk about, you know, Moses at the Red Sea and the sea opening up. Why? Because the, same, the immeasurable power that opens the Red Sea is the immeasurable power that comes to us. 
If that power is there in the New Testament, the raising of the dead, in the, New, the healing, you know, that, that immeasurable power is still active. God is alive. He has risen from the dead and is working in us. Never think that something is beyond the ability for God to change. We pray, we believe, we ask. For we see the power towards us who believe according to the working of his great, great might that he worketh in Christ. All this comes through Jesus Christ. When he raised him from the dead, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So you take your finger, come on now, listen up here. Take your finger and just say it dwells in you. <laughs> you. The same spirit to raise Christ from the dead dwells in you. So there is this immense spiritual power that is alive in us. Now, how do we use it? How do we control it? We have to receive God's wisdom and guidance to direct our lives. We're not perfect. We fall down. I fell over this week. Fell over backwards. Then Rhonda pushed me. <laughs> I was rocking on a chair that didn't rock. <laughs> It was my fault. <laughs> you know, you get on that gravel, you know, and I was rocking, and I was rocking, and the chair didn't rock. It just fell over. So anyhow, number five. Christ holds the victory. We are victorious through him. His victory is our victory. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave reveals his miraculous, mighty power. Never forget it. Never doubt it. Never <laughs> let it pass from your thoughts. That same power is alive in us. Jesus promised that nothing we face in life is greater than his power to work all things to a divine good. It is in the supernatural. It is in the Holy Spirit's power working in us. This brings a constant hope and strength. When I lose hope, I am not focused on Jesus Christ. In Christ, I never lose hope. Never lose sight that God is work walking with me. You see, I have a, I have a partner, <laughs> one who is my, my partner. He is my Savior. He walks with me. God is with us. It's reciprocal, binding two parties together. No power can stand against him. No power can stand against us. Now we think, okay, Paul and being beaten and thrown in prison while power is working. No, in here. Doesn't mean that, you know, Paul didn't go to prison or beaten, beaten with rods and stoned and drug out of the city for dead. You know, that guy was a walking hazard. <laughs> but we know that God was with him. Raised him up, brought him up, and kept him going. 1 Corinthians 6, 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead. Over and over again. Isaiah, in the Old Testament, 25, 8. He will swallow up death forever in victory. <laughs> Isaiah. This is, you know, thousands of years ago. 
before, this was before Jesus. Isaiah says, he will swallow up death forever in victory. The Lord God will wipe away tears from their face. And Job, this is my, my no, there's nothing written, you know, Job, that Job can look at and read. Job just knows from what's in his heart. He says, for I know that my Redeemer lives. <laughs> I know my Redeemer lives, and at the last, at the end, he will stand upon the earth. <laughs> what a declaration. From a guy who was the wealthiest man to the guy who was considered the lowest piece of garbage on the, on the planet. And God changed everything around, and he went back to what he possessed, double. But you see, he believed. Even though things were wrong, even though everything fell apart and his world was destroyed, he still held on to his faith. And there's a song I was thinking of that I wanted to play, In Christ Alone. And, and, and as I was listening to it, a lot of what is in here, you would think that I wrote it from the song, but I, I didn't. <laughs> but I'm going to listen to it and um, we'll do that. In Christ Alone. Amen. In the power of Christ, no power of hell or scheme of man can pluck me from his hand. Amen? Amen? And that's what we need to know. It is in the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our knowledge that we live after death, we can face the difficulties knowing that God is with us. And we pray and we ask and we believe and trust and we go on. <laughs> we walk forward. Our, our future is in front of us. Let's be, prepare our hearts and minds to stand in Jesus Christ. Let's stand, shall we? Amen. Rhonda. <laughs> Father, we thank you for how that you have watched over us and kept us. We stand in you. In Christ alone we stand. We thank you for that blessing we thank you for that strength. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you, knowing that you are our God, our Savior, our Lord, our soon-coming King. We bless you because you have blessed us. Thank you, Jesus. Receive our praise. And God, we know it is beautiful in your sight when we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen? Let's go shake hell. <laughs> <laughs> shake the powers of hell. <laughs>